The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Marketing at Lightspeed with your host, Ethan Raziel. Many companies don't even know where to start when it comes to marketing and PR. That's why we're here right now. Get ready to learn the secrets that experts have known for years. We'll cover everything from social media to your website. Can you hear the sales growing? Now, here's Ethan Raziel. Good evening. So excited to have you all with me. I'm Ethan Raziel, and welcome to Marketing at Lightspeed. And we're live all over the world right here on Voice America, or we're not if you're listening to us later. But if we're live, then you're live. Now, if you don't know me, if you haven't listened to the show before, we're here at Episode 4, and I head up Lightspeed PR. And before that, I was a reporter with Gannett. I was with Samsung Electronics. I was Communications Director uh, there. I was with Edelman Public Relations for many years. The point is, I worked for a lot of huge companies. And when I did that, I had good experiences and some not-so-good experiences, and the real frustration that I had was with the bureaucracy that big organizations have. So I created my own communications company, Lightspeed Public Relations, with the goal of breaking through that bureaucracy and doing things quickly and doing things efficiently and having fun while I was doing it. And I've learned a lot in all aspects of my career, and I've been now doing this show to share some of that wisdom with you, along with an amazing lineup of guests. And I've had some great guests so far, and if you've missed the shows I've done, check it out on iTunes, Marketing at Lightspeed. Now, tonight, or this afternoon, or whenever you're listening, the theme of this show is entrepreneurship. How do you start a company, and how do you run it effectively? My first guest, and you're going to hear from him in a few minutes, is Mr. Kevin Daly, good friend of mine and a guy that I've known since, uh, I think, the uh, Eisenhower administration, something like that. And Kevin, uh, he's founded companies, he's been a board member, he's been a consultant, he's been an angel investor, he's been a venture capitalist, and he's going to share some tips with you on how he's been successful. And we also have Mr. Jason Criddle. Uh, Jason has started and invested in over 60 businesses, and he's authored and published over 20 books. And he's also been a consultant for entrepreneurs. And Jason, you're going to hear from a little bit later in the program, and he's going to share with you some insights that he has on how to be successful as an entrepreneur. So we have a lot of ground to cover, and uh, I'm going to jump in in a minute. But before I dive in, here's how to reach me. You can call. I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening live, the phone number to dial is 866-472-5790. You can email me at ethan at lightspeedpr.com anytime. Say hi. You can follow me on Twitter at Ethan Raziel, and you can learn more about my company at www.lightspeedpr.com. Now, before we get to my guests, 
I like to share with you some tips of my own and some things that I've learned. And I like to keep those kind of aligned with the messages, with the, the theme of the show. So I'm going to tell you a bit some of the things that I've learned from starting my own company, which, uh, like I said, it's been almost three years. So the first piece of advice I want to give you is if you're thinking of starting your own company, first of all, do it. It's fantastic, and I'm sure Kevin and Jason will say the same. It's, it's incredibly rewarding, and it can be a little scary, especially if you're leaving a, a big organization. But uh, being your own boss and reaping the, the rewards of what you do instead of working for somebody else, uh, I, I can't say enough about it. It's, it's really an amazing experience. But the piece of advice I want to give you that's maybe not so obvious because everybody says that, everybody says it's great, but don't do it alone. I was fortunate enough to have a co-founder with Lightspeed, and she was a guest on the very first episode, so you can, you can hear her name's Amanda Parsha. You can hear from her. But the point is, is that when you have, doesn't necessarily have to be a partner, but when you have somebody that you're working with, instead of working by yourself, it really helps a lot to bounce ideas off of, to pick you up if things are down, to help motivate you. It really, uh, for me, it made all the difference in the world. And I very deliberately did not call this company Raziel PR or Ethan PR or whatever. It's not about me. It's about creating a team. And even if you start with two, that's a team. So that's one piece of advice I want to give you. Start with a team on the very first day. I also I want to share another piece of advice with you, and, and this piece of advice I want to attribute to Mr. Russell Dubner. He was my boss when I was at Edelman for, for a number of years. I'll never forget what he told me. He said, Ethan, and this doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs, but to anybody who has a job. He said, there are times when you're going to sprint, but you can't sprint all the time. Sometimes you have to slow it down, take your foot off the gas. It's okay. Even for an entrepreneur, even if for somebody like Kevin or, or Jason or, or me, you have to take time to either, could be to be with your family, it could be to, for your personal pursuits, it could be just to take a break. But there are times when you should be sprinting and all out and going 150 miles an hour and doing everything, and there are times when you, when you shouldn't. And when you try to do it all, all the time for too long, you're going to burn out. So just remember that. Another thing I want to tell you is the importance of making a good first impression. Now, with, with Lightspeed, the very first thing we did was we made a logo. And we made a website. And we made it as good as any other agencies out there that we could, even though we had no clients, no revenue. We were doing nothing. We created Lightspeed, Amanda and I, and, and we built out all the services we had, and we, we, we put our bios up there, and we, we made it look just as good as the, the PR agencies that have been around for 10 years. That's the beauty of the Internet. This wasn't possible before then. If you were brick and mortar, well, you can't create an impressive office the same way that a big agency can, but anybody can make a website that looks just as good. So... You know, fake it till you make it. 
the day that you decide that you're whatever, a marketing company, an advertising agency, whatever it is, if you say it, it's real. And that really has paid off for us. We were getting clients right from the very beginning. And uh, I want to I ask you to consider doing the same. You don't have to wait until you have a bunch of business and a bunch of revenue before polishing that kind of stuff. Okay, so I have one more tip before we take a break, and that is the importance of FaceTime. This is perhaps the most important tip, the most important lesson I've learned. If you're here in New York City, do not ever get on the phone with somebody else in New York City unless you're avoiding them. For God's sake, have a cup of coffee. If you're an entrepreneur, you should be in meetings all day long. That's what it's about. Picking up the phone and talking to somebody on the phone, I mean, maybe unless the purpose of that phone call is to set up a meeting. But don't make a phone call to set up another phone call. Get in a room. I can't understate it. Uh, I can't overstate it. Being in a room and shaking someone's hands and making eye contact. And I'm, don't do Skype either. You've got to be in a room. It makes all the difference in the world. And this is a case where technology has worked against us because it's too easy to send an email or make a phone call or do a Skype or do WhatsApp or Instant Messenger. You've got to get in a room and shake hands. The value of that meeting is tenfold what a phone call, 20-fold what a phone call would be. And I'm curious to hear what Kevin and Jason say about this. I suspect they'll agree. And even if you do end up doing a phone call on your first interaction with somebody, and it doesn't matter who it is, an employee, a partner, a, a vendor, a client, whoever it is, the second engagement you have with them, if you're going to go into business with somebody, meet with them, especially if you're in the same city. No excuse to get on the phone with somebody else in the same city, whatever city that is. That's lazy. Don't be lazy. Get in a room together with that person. And if you're not in the same city, and you're going to get into business with somebody, whether it's a, whatever nature that business arrangement is, get on a plane or have them get on a plane. It's worth the effort. Uh, I'm flying to Israel in a couple of weeks to meet with a new client. I didn't have to, but I thought it was really important to get off on the right foot and get in a room and show them that I made the effort and that I value them and that I want to invest my time to fly across the world to meet with them. So... You may think that you don't have time. Uh, you do, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're your own boss. And that's what I've done, and that's what my guests have done. And you're going to learn a lot more from them about how they've been successful in their careers coming up. See you on the other side. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. 
That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to the Marketing at Lightspeed program. This is your host, Ethan Raziel. And if you are just joining us, then you screwed up. But it's not too late to fix that mistake. You can go download the episode on iTunes and hear what you missed. But uh, things are actually about to get uh, exciting because I'm going to welcome my first guest on the program. His name is Kevin Daly. And Kevin, I just want to say I've known you for, for, for many years and... I always knew that there was a slim chance that one day that you'd make something out of yourself. And um, <laughs> I, was, I was right there. <laughs> so welcome to the program. Kevin, can you tell, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and your background? Absolutely. So um, thanks for having me tonight, Ethan. Um, yeah. So I, I began my career on Wall Street and then sort of evolved from a Wall Street role to a venture capital role where I was investing directly in to startup technology companies and working uh, increasingly close with the management teams to help them win. Then I went ahead and started a company myself, uh, which ultimately got sold to a Fortune 500 company, which was a win for for everyone involved, clients, uh, shareholders, founders. So that was a great experience. And now I spend a lot of my time helping entrepreneurs succeed as a board member, as an advisor, as an investor, and just sort of leveraging some of that experience to help people with something I'm passionate about, which is building successful businesses. And uh, one thing I can tell is that you love what you do, right, Kevin? Absolutely. It's, it's just great to create, create jobs, to bring an idea to life, to create a culture, to serve clients, to make money. It's one of the more fun games you can play in sort of the broader economic ecosystem. And it's, it's just a great passion. I'm glad to have been able to do it myself, and I'm, I'm delighted to be able to partner with others to help them do it as well. Yeah, um, and, b- and by the way, I should mention that uh, you've been a valuable consultant to, to my company as well, and, and you sat down with Amanda and me and gave us some great advice. And, and when you did that, you 
whiteboarded something called the Execution Blueprint, and that is also your website. And the first time you mentioned the Execution Blueprint, I, of course, thought that that's what they use in North Korea to take care of political prisoners. But that's not <laughs> what that's about at all, right? That's, there's some whole, wholly other purpose for that? Yeah, and, and, you know, one of the chief things of uh, encouragement I want to give to your listeners is this global concept that building a company and successfully executing can be a craft. And what we've done at Execution Blueprint is taken the experience as venture capitalists and as co-founders of building a company, taking it from a napkin in a bar to free cash flow, profitability, to sale. And all of the components of that really could be thought of as a blueprint. A a metaphor that's really strong that captures this concept and even for many people creates a lot of wealth for individuals is this idea of a franchise. How do we take the building blocks of a business that is workable, break it down into its components and replicate it? How do you build a blueprint of all of the elements of execution? How do you build an execution blueprint? And some of that can even be done in the context of marketing, which is, I guess, the specific intent of your listeners from the standpoint of your show, and which you guys do such an outstanding job with at Lightspeed. I would argue that on a marketing framework, there are a whole bunch of tools that you talk about so well on all of your episodes and that you serve your clients with. But if you even take a step back before using the tools of social media marketing, I would ask entrepreneurs to ask themselves, what is at the core of what they're selling? Break it down to its core component parts just the way you would in an execution blueprint for all the pieces of your business. What is the value of what you're selling is a crucial first step in the process of sort of building out a marketing vision for a startup company. Yeah, and... I think that's really interesting, and it reminds me, I was having lunch with a friend of mine the other day, and he said that the most important thing, if you're in marketing, the thing that we're selling is we're not selling press releases or ads or social media. We're selling whatever our clients are selling, and so that's all about authenticity, right? You have to embrace that, and Kevin, I've heard you talk a lot about authenticity, what do you recommend that, that people who are marketing for brands do to be authentic? A, a few things, actually. So the first embedded in your statement is this, this word client. First of all, whether you're currently on this phone as a co-founder or you have what's traditionally in the 20th century for, referred to as a job, it's important to adopt this mindset. I would encourage you to look at everyone, everywhere, every day as a client. At the end of the day, you're always exchanging value, whether for your time or for your product. So first, everyone is a client. You just blew my mind, man. You just totally blew my mind with that, but but keep going. Yeah, look, as a quick aside, jobs are a concept of a different era. And nowadays, people are in jobs for two and a half years on average, whether they work at a giant company or they found their own company. At the end of the day, it requires a client mindset. Your boss, Your colleagues are clients, just as the people that hire me to help them with their business are clients. Everyone everywhere is a client. Students in a classroom, everyone. So how do you serve those clients authentically? I think there's an important 
exercise that people should go through. I actually have this on executionblueprint.com. But here, in a descriptive way on the radio show, I'll actually build this out. So the first is getting clarity about the value to your client. The word value is actually a, a, a wonderful word. It, it evokes this notion of currency. I'm exchanging a dollar bill in exchange for something that has value. And it also evokes this sort of historic ethic notion of what are your values? What do you value in life? And where things are authentic and create wind at your back is when you combine two things. Number one, a clear vision of what your client values paired with what is the value that you bring to that engagement. And it requires authentic courage for when there are occasions where there are mismatches and the magnetic energy is reversed, where that might not be the right time for a client engagement. So how do you do that? couple things. Number one, envision, if you will, a thought model that has a few components. The first silo of this thought model is literally a pyramid. It's a pyramid of value. And it has a ladder within it that needs to capture what are the values of whatever it is you're selling that your client wants. In this conversation, I'm trying to bring the value to your listener of structured thinking. I'm trying to bring the value of a history of success doing something that might be interesting to them. I'm trying to uh, uh, provide value to, um, as much as I can, modifying this specific to a marketing conversation. That's the value that I'm aspiring to bring to the prospective client, which are your listeners in the context of this. Happens to be the same exact exercise that you would go through to build an authentic company. Who are we? Why are we doing this? Uh, I'll give you a counterexample that I see so frequently in startup organizations where the values are a mess. Oftentimes, people will invite me to coffee to pick my brain on a startup idea, and they'll say the reason they're doing it, what they value, what they're pursuing by doing this is more time with their family, more free time, a better outlet for their creativity, more power and control over what's happening. I will always interrupt those people and say, I'm not sure that a startup job is for you because it's not likely to create more time with your family. It's not going to be an opportunity to exercise your power because venture capitalists are demanding and clients are demanding. But it's important to get clear about what are the hierarchy of value that you're pursuing and the hierarchy of value that your clients are pursuing and seeing if it's a match. Um, it also helps drive clarity of message and purpose and time. When I was a venture capitalist, the most painful conversations were when people would disingenuously enter my office and try to figure out what I wanted and say, yes, that's exactly what we are. Stop it. Get clear on the value you're bringing and why you're bringing it and authentically place your bets and go after a market that might pursue that. That's silo one. Silo two is then come up with a way to make that in a winnable manner, what's unique about how you're going to deliver that value. And then third is make the way you're defining winning cohere to those two building blocks. So you imagine a framework of number one is this pyramid of value. The second is an arrow of the unique strengths, your unique competitive advantage, and that then combines to come up with a game that is winnable defined by those building blocks. That is one minor execution blueprint 
for authentic marketing in the broader framework of your execution blueprint and how you build out all the components of your business. Does that make sense? Not only does it make sense, I think it's, it's solid gold, and I hope everybody is taking notes. You, you all should know that, that what, this download that Kevin's giving you, uh, he normally charges a lot of money for, so uh, listen carefully. Kevin, and I actually wanted to ask about that. I mean, you have, you've done many things, but right now your business is about helping others with this execution blueprint, right? How's that going? It's, it's fantastic. It's, 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 it's part of my passion because I love seeing ideas come to life, you know, in the political realm right now, what are one of the most important things that comes up creating jobs? How do you do that? Well, you actually successfully build an execution blueprint that creates jobs and builds businesses. It's an opportunity to really participate in one of the most fun games within the broader ecosystem. And it's just an honor to be able to partner with people to help them with stuff like this. What kind of companies should, if somebody was to, to go to executionblueprint.com and, and consult with you, Kevin Daly, what, what are the best kind of companies or, or, or individuals to, to be a best fit for what you do? You know, I have to tell you, I've, I began with the presupposition that my value hierarchy to a prospective client base was most pertinent to venture capital or early stage idea stage companies. And that's certainly true. And having sat on the boards of venture capital backed companies, having built one, have invested in them, that's certainly a core component of the hierarchy of value. But what's actually interesting to me is how much this notion of an execution blueprint is true to anyone that falls into the fundamental building blocks that we just discussed, including I'm working with a Fortune 500 company. There is just a broad need to codify the elements of successful execution and authentic marketing. It it really has quite a great deal of transcendence across the market. I haven't had much exposure yet to the nonprofit world, but basically profit-driven organizations that are trying to win and take themselves to the next level of excellence, it's, it's really been a great match. You know, I wanted to ask you about that because I remember when I was at Edelman and we, we would get inquiries all the time from companies of different sizes, and sometimes we would get leads from nonprofits, and they would say, can you do a pro bono? And, well, not, not so much, but sometimes we would do, I like to call it a low bono. You know, we would do it for a discount. What do you think about that? Is that, is that, a, is that an effective strategy for, for pricing your services to give discounts based on uh, the fact that you're working with a nonprofit who's giving back to the community in some way? So there's two fundamental building blocks to how I think about that. The first is, full disclosure, um, my household uh, gives of our time and our wealth, and we consider that a very high place on our hierarchy value. That's an inherently subjective and personal matter, but it's important to the way my wife and I run our family. So including in that, I'm involved in more than one nonprofit. I currently sit on a nonprofit. I I, I happen to be quite passionate about ending child sex trafficking, which I think is like the pestilence of hell. Uh, There's an organization called Love 146 that's that's fighting against that. I can get very impassioned about that and, and maybe helping organizations like that. So that's concept number one. Concept number two is that at the end of the day, it's very important for people to remember the need to be compensated for the value that you're bringing. And 
I don't know where people on this phone are across the tra- trajectory of their net worth, their ability to provide for their families, the amount of spare time they have, but I don't think that it's necessarily crucial for people to forget that it's completely appropriate to receive value for value. And if that's in the form of compensation, then I think that's wonderful. So where I think that model might be really attractive is, is perhaps a barter situation. If my framework is true that everyone everywhere is a client, then there's almost certainly some sort of shared value that could come about. Maybe in the nonprofit room, that's making a positive contribution to society. Maybe it's uh, helping an organization that has a mission you're passionate about. Or perhaps it's something else, an opportunity to get relationships, an opportunity to get exposed to others, opportunity to serve with others on a board. There'll be useful business leads. Um, so at the end of the day, it's really about not going too far away from extending value for value. All right. Good stuff. We have to take a break. When we come back, thank you for having me. From our other great, Ethan. Yes, it's, and uh, don't go anywhere, Kevin, because uh, we got two more segments. But when we come back, we're going to have Mr. Jason Criddle on the other side. Stay with us. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of raising grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. How is your marketing going? Really? Mm-hmm. Not so good? What could you be doing wrong? You spent a lot of time and money on your marketing, tried to follow what other successful people are doing, and yet your business marketing plan is still coming up short. Try something new. Tune into Extreme Exposure, the power of personality marketing with host Jackie McClinigan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It just might work for you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back to Marketing at Lightspeed. I hope everybody is having a wonderful evening, and I hope you're enjoying the show. I want to welcome now to the program Mr. Jason Criddle, and, and Jason is the founder and the CEO of the Smarter App Company, and uh, he's opening a nonprofit tech incubator. He provides services to startups, publishing, printing, investments, workstations, mentoring, workshops, even laundry showers and foods, and he's also started and invested in over 60 businesses. And, and Jason, uh, I understand that you've published over 20 books. I saw a couple of those. Uh, a couple of those are getting great reviews. Uh, so welcome to the program. And, and can you tell 
our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and uh, how you got to this point. Yeah, um, yeah thanks for having me. Uh, you rock, Kevin. You lots of really good insight. I'm looking forward to uh, continue growing your relationship with the both of you. Uh, I got here by building relationships. You know, I, I had my own little weight loss story, but it led to me, I guess, finally getting confidence in myself and standing up in front of a group of people. And one day I had, uh, I had a heart surgery and then what I call my first near-life experience. And then I kind of woke up this guy. And even though I had spent most of my life thinking that society and our general concepts of how we run things and do things, even though I, I had grown up reading a lot of books, even though I adapted to a lot of online mentors and, and I, I still wanted to continue doing something bigger, but I never got off, <laughs> never got off my ass and did it. And, you know, raising a little girl on my own, having, you know, trouble with my heart and kind of facing life at that point, I decided that from that day forth, I was going to create, I was going to build content, anything that came into my mind, if I thought it was going to turn into a business and I would apply this. And so I, I built me and a business partner, uh, a few years ago, we built a pretty cool website that, uh, got, that we put some SEO behind and it was a lead generator for people that needed angel investments and, uh, loans and expansion capital. And we were able to get a lot of really cool leads. And of 4,000 or so business plans and such that we saw, we were only really able to help 13 of those people because a lot of people just weren't there yet, you know. And, you know, we started down this path with the software company because we believe that we can build software that creates jobs by applying some really cool technology that we created. You know, Ethan and yeah. Kevin, you guys are talking about creating jobs. I think that that's a very big responsibility of entrepreneurs. So a couple of things, Jason. First of all, I just want to say that your, your story is inspirational and in how, uh, especially how you transformed your body with, with, with weight loss. And, and that's something that you and Kevin have in common. Now, Kevin, I know you didn't lose a lot of weight in that way, but your interest in fitness is something I've always... Uh, I've always admired that you run marathons and things like that. So, uh, so Jason, I'm curious uh, about, were, were there any lessons that you took from your weight loss adventure that have fueled you as an entrepreneur? Well, what's the connection between those two things? Um, you know, the reason why I started helping people lose weight after I lost weight became a trainer it's because I love that feeling that I got whenever I saw my first had a picture of me at like 375 pounds and then I lost a bit of weight, you know, 30 or 40 pounds or so and I was putting on some muscle and I saw this before and after picture and I got this feeling that I just, I spent the next year losing weight and getting my personal trainer certificate and license and everything because I wanted people to feel that again. And similar to what Kevin was saying, once he became successful, he wanted people to feel that because I believe that our emotions and our feelings are what drives us actually following through on a goal, whether it's losing weight or starting a business, even if you don't have the support that you need to have. Um, I don't think that somebody needs to necessarily concentrate on fitness to become successful. I think that fitness brought me confidence in myself 
Uh, for the first time in my life, people were like afraid to meet me, you know? It, it sounds almost like you had, the, some of the language you're using, it sounds to me almost like you had a religious awakening, like you were reborn in, in a way. Is that what it feels like? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, it was definitely a turning point for my, for everything that I was doing because I realized that I've had a lot of really cool ideas and I've known for a long time that I could help a lot of people. But, and most of us can. All of us can. I just think that we're not, Sometimes we don't get pissed off enough. Sometimes things just aren't bad enough. And I think that's the other side of it that people are missing is sometimes you got to get upset. Sometimes you got to get mad. Sometimes you got to be put up against a breaking point. You got to come to death. You have to come to something that will charge you and change you to where you'll actually build something out of yourself. Right. That's amazing. And, and uh, uh, you deserve a lot of credit for that. So uh, I also did want to mention you were just talking about how you've been, what, one of the reasons for your success is that you've been reaching out to people. And in fact, that's how we came into contact. Uh, you, you reached out to me and asked to be on the show. And uh, I want to thank you for that. And uh, right, right here is evidence of, of, of how it works. So uh, I really appreciate that. So can you tell, well, I just have to admit, I, I went to look at your website and I was reading about the Smarter app. I'm just going to put my cards on the table. I'm going to admit it. I didn't, I didn't really understand what the Smarter app is. Uh, so could you explain it to me and to our listeners what, what it's all about? Yeah, I, um, I consulted with a few different multi-level marketing companies for a while. And I learned that Multi-level marketing is really cool for building assets, and I help them ex- to take different behavior concepts and, and try to work their compensation program a little bit different and try to work their back office a little bit simpler and blah, 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 blah. And I learned that people don't really care about make, selling makeup or protein anymore to become successful, but multi-level marketing can build assets. And so I wanted to build a general shopping app that we are improving and getting uh, more brands on where people can simply share an app and start building the assets that a multi-level marketing company would build. And then people can just shop for whatever they want. And we can apply this technology to some pretty cool things. So you use the term multi-level marketing. Now, I, I, don't, I don't really have a, a clear understanding of that, except it, it seems to be a little controversial, right? I hear it makes me think of things like, like uh, pyramid schemes and things like that, but that's obviously not what you're about because, uh, because you're, you're helping people. So could you explain to people what, what the difference is? Yeah, um, a typical multi-level marketing company, I think, I think people say pyramid scheme because it's, it's a general model of sales, not really realizing that corporate America is a pyramid scheme. But I do agree with you that multi-level marketing in and of itself, it's old. It's, you know, like a 70-year-old industry, and people are usually not successful because they're not trained on being successful. Uh, people are not successful because they don't learn how to run the software. They never have the correct leadership to help them get anywhere in the company. And so I wanted to get rid of all that. And just have a yeah, Amway, right? Concept. You don't want to be, you know, yeah. the Amway is the old stuff, right? Exactly. So we just have a simple concept. You share an app with your friends, and they share it, and they share it. And as we build more brands and put more stuff on the app, then people are forever making money from purchases and services and different marketplaces and 
ordering pizza and all kinds of cool stuff. Ah, okay. Okay, that's the part that I wasn't quite getting. So you're doing cool things with the app. As soon as you said pizza, I got really interested. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine ordering pizza from your app and your, an app you're sharing with your friends, and every single time they order pizza from the brand that we are going to be featuring in the app, then you make money from their purchase with a compensation program that takes money from profits and disperses it into your network. That way people don't have to buy a kit each month and people don't have to, you know, worry about not being trained in how to be successful. You just say, hey, use this app instead of all those apps because this one has everything on it you already want. Ah, so it's like a, like a referral program that's uh, built into it? Yes. Yeah. Like uh, uh, affiliate links? I know like with Amazon you can do the affiliate links. Is, is that kind of part of what you're doing? Yes, except what we've built is we are going directly to the manufacturers and directly to the wholesale providers. So rather than paying retail price on Amazon or on eBay and just getting your items shipped to you, you'll be paying retail price on ours, but we're taking all of our profit margin and giving a huge chunk of it right back to you and the people in your network we take a very small percentage to make the app run. So by doing this, we can take items that people are purchasing for the same prices and sometimes give people 10, 20, 200% back on whatever the item is that they purchase. Ah, got it. So if people want to check out the Smarter App, uh, smarterapp.com, it's uh, what, Android, uh, uh, iPhone, all that? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's on every platform. So... Uh, it's coming out on BlackBerry and Windows soon, but we have it on iOS and Android. So everything that anybody would ever need to start their business or start a business is right inside the app. Do you have a version for uh, Atari 2600 and uh, Nintendo? Oh, my gosh. We have the 8-track version coming out <laughs> and the Intellivision, you know, one-bit software. <laughs> it's all coming out. Oh, soon, yeah. You're speaking my language. Uh, you, you, you also check out somebody got Twitter working on a, on a Nintendo, so it's on the Internet, so check it out. Okay, but Jason, I also wanted to ask you, uh, I know that, that uh, you're operating uh, an incubator. Uh, are you um, open to inquiries from people who want to work with you? Uh, yes, yes, we are definitely open to. So we have our building, and we are starting the remodeling phase, and by mid uh, July, we should be open and letting people come in. But right now we're working with a couple of tech schools, uh, three colleges in the DFW area, and we already have a couple of dozen students that are signed up and ready to go. We have support from all the mayors, and, and it's been a really cool process. I didn't want to open a corporate office. I want to open a think tank so that we can start generating really cool apps and processes for the planet. Wow, that's cool. So if people wanted to reach out to you, uh, how, do they, how do they contact you? What's the best way? Is it through your website or is there another way that people should, should yeah, contact you? Yeah, through the website or through the Smarter app. But you can email info at thesmarterapp.com. Uh, smarter is S-M-A-R-T-R. So it's smarter without an E. Um, you know, just for your listeners, it's easier to trademark a made word. So keep that in mind when you're starting a business. Right. I, uh, 
I failed to take that advice when I created Lightspeed, and um, there's like a few others, but we're the only uh, Lightspeed <laughs> PR, so uh, so that's good. Uh, one more thing I wanted to make sure to mention before we go to break, and that is your book. Uh, I was checking it out on Amazon. It's called From Trainer to Trillionaire. Are, are you actually a trillionaire? <laughs> that's like the end goal. Is, is <laughs> okay. you know, The funny thing is, is the smarter app is our projections with our partners and everything Put us at like a trillion dollar company fairly quickly. So I'm I'm making sure it's going to happen, man. All right. Well, we're we're gonna when you become a trillionaire, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have you back, and uh, I want you to share some more tips on that. But I do want to recommend everybody check out that book because I was looking at the reviews from Amazon, and there's a ton of reviews, and people are inspired and seem to be really enjoying it. So go check that out. All right. We are going to take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to have Kevin and Jason together, and we should have some entertaining discussions. So stay with us. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network have you found that pr firms are over expensive and under deliver have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads well you're not alone we've had the same experience that's why we created lightspeed pr Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel, and get Amplified. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back. It's again a pleasure to have you with me, and I really appreciate you're listening, and I really, really appreciate Kevin and Jason spending a little bit of your evening here talking with me and sharing your wisdom with our listeners. It's been great. I wanted to start by asking both of you, and I'm going to give you mine first, but I want you, I'd like you both to share with our listeners what are the most common mistakes that entrepreneurs can make. Now, I'm going to give you mine. Mine was using GoDaddy. <laughs> Don't do that. 
I don't agree. Do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Now, if you want to hear the story of, of what happened, uh, why I say that about GoDaddy, look, I mean, they had a Super Bowl commercial. I figured how bad could it be? Well, it, it could be. And last week I, I, uh, I had a whole segment about that, and uh, you can go listen to that one. Uh, so I won't say anything else about them. But uh, Jason, Kevin, uh, either one of you want to go first on any uh, common mistakes that entrepreneurs have made that you want to warn people about? Go ahead, Kevin. You can take it, man. So, so I want to first answer that question by actually leveraging a core piece of Jason's interview, which is think about this concept of going from, it sounds like, very unfit to extremely fit. One of the best ways to do that is to model something that already works well. And where that is an error that a lot of entrepreneurs make is it's amazing how frequently people are trying to reinvent the wheel rather than going and finding someone who's mastered excellence in an area and replicating what they're doing. Now, John Wooden won 11 NCAA championships by making his best players practice the fundamentals over and over. And in fact, if people wanted to do three-point shots or crazy tricks, he would actually tell them, you're not allowed to do that until I see you throw 100 free throws. So too with entrepreneurship and starting a company. Go and get the fundamentals down. Don't overcomplicate. Don't reinvent the wheel. Surround yourself with people that have gotten excellent in an area that you need to master. Put them on your advisory board. Uh, get them to invest. Hire them. Whatever it takes. Read their books. We are so blessed that we live in the 21st century where you can read the biography of someone who has mastered almost anything you'll ever want to master in your life. There's only five or six core principles that you need to master most of the areas of your life, and you can go replicate them either in person or through the library rather than reinventing the wheel. That would be my first uh, area to encourage entrepreneurs to to model and, and avoid. That's a good one. Jason, you got one? Yeah, uh, don't give up. And a lot of what Kevin talked about in the first segment about value, I I think that a a lot of people think that building a business is this nine-to-five thing and being an entrepreneur is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and do something, you do it. But... Like Kevin was just saying, I've always been a fan of going after proven results. There is a huge market of people. There's an entire industry that has been created to take money away from entrepreneurs that are trying to be successful. There's a lot of people that take money for promises. And so it's really important for people to team up with people that have achieved the results that they've made. It's really important for people to build value on, within themselves, not just within a business that they're making. That way, whenever they have successful ideas, whenever they have core concepts that can launch, they are also a valuable person that is being brought to the table. That's a little scary. The whole industry that's trying to take money away from entrepreneurs well, yeah. you give, give me yeah. an example of, uh, of, of, of how that works. What, what do I, you know, can drill down a little bit on that one. Okay, so 
Kevin can appreciate this because Kevin was in the VC firm. So uh, whenever people are going, a general entrepreneur that has a good idea, that's taking the time to follow typical steps, um, there's a lot of people out there saying, I can invest in your company or I can help invest in your company. I can put you in front of people that can invest in your company. And then you pay lots of money to go and present in front of people that are all there for the same thing, hoping that an investor will walk in the door. So you, you meet glorified service providers at glorified investor meetings that are just there to build memberships and to take money month after month from investors that have real ideas that need real help from people like Kevin, but they're having to go through these types of people, and they are all over the place. <laughs> that's the reason why we're building the incubator so we can have people like Kevin come in to our incubator rather than people having to go to D.C. and New York and Philadelphia and Toronto to meet with people who really can't help them. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. And uh, I encourage you to, to check that out. So, Kevin, question for you. I've known you for a while, and I've never spent an hour with you where you agreed with everything that you heard. It never <laughs> happened. Is this the first time or is there something that either myself or Jason said that you thought that is BS? Be honest now. I, no, I wouldn't go as far as to say BS, but let's, let's actually challenge some thinking on, on a little bit then if, if, if that's what, um, what you're after. So I absolutely agree with Jason that it's fundamentally crucial to be wise. Wise is actually one of my favorite words. It comes from Vidari, which, which means to see things accurately. And as people are constrained with resources, whether that's time or energy or money, um, it's certainly crucial to be wise about how people spend their time, with whom they spend time, where they go. The, the one thing I thought you were starting to say, Jason, which you may not have been saying, uh, which, which I see frequently brought up by entrepreneurs that I do want to challenge for our listeners is this. Oftentimes, entrepreneurs who are raising money forget the realities. They are unwise in viewing the accurate reality of the way the global economy works. It's a practical matter. A venture capitalist's job is to be a steward of capital for the limited partners of that firm. They often have a very difficult job. In fact, 80% of their companies that get funded fail. And where you really see danger is when an entrepreneur takes money from a venture capital and they are unwise and inaccurate about the reality of that venture capital partner's job and how oftentimes the company, the day it accepts venture capital is no longer a pet project or solely the passion of a founder, but it is an entity with owners who have power over influencing who works there and how resources get dedicated. And it's just really important for your listeners to be wise and accurate about the reality of what they're doing when they're accepting money. They're not getting necessarily a friend or a supporter or a co-champion of their vision the way they want it, they're getting an owner and a steward of the capital of that firm. It's a very different dynamic than getting money from your dad. 
I just think it's important to be wise about the reality of that partnership if you do take outside capital. That's great advice. And you know what that makes me think of? I want to make a recommendation to the listeners of this show. And if you're listening to this, you probably are a fan of podcasts and internet radio. And there's a podcast called, and I want to recommend it to you two guys as well. It's called The Startup Podcast. And uh, it's some guys that used to be on This American Life. Uh, they were in the BBC, and they, they started up this, this podcast documenting uh, a startup as it was happening. And, of course, the startup they were documenting was a company that was making podcasts. So it's, it was very meta. And there was, a, there was a great episode that was about the very issue, Kevin, that you were raising about when to take venture capital and when to give up equity and how that person who invests in you, yeah, they're not your friend. I think that, that, was, that really resonated with me. That, that person now controls your destiny and they're not your buddy. And uh, you do got to be careful. So and it's not uh, that, that different than if advice. you have an employer in a traditional defined sense of the word from the 20th century industrial economy who's going to inform how you spend your time. Unless you're massively independently wealthy, it's improbable, not impossible, but improbable that you're going to have full say over uh, the creative impulses of how you want to execute on your business vision. Right. All right. We are just about at the end of our hour together. I want to thank Mr. Jason Criddle. I want to thank Mr. Kevin Daly. Please check out smarterapp.com, and that's smarter with no E. An app also has no E, but you probably knew that. Uh, check out the Execution Blueprint. You can learn more about Kevin and his techniques. Also, of course, check out Lightspeed PR. Please tell your friends about marketing at Lightspeed. Subscribe on iTunes. I'd love it if you tweet it. And if you were interested in being a guest, please contact me, and we'd love to have you on the show. Thanks again. This has been Ethan Raziel, the host of Marketing at Lightspeed. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks so much for listening this week to Marketing at Lightspeed. Please join Ethan Raziel next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you improve your marketing one show at a time.